Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. The Browns practiced again today in Berea. They will hold their final open practice of training camp on Thursday. They had to practice indoors today, forced in by the rain. It was really a pretty uneventful practice. The only noteworthy thing that happened is Grant Delpit did leave practice, but no, uh, nothing to really worry about there. He is day-to-day with an arm injury, so crisis averted there for the Browns with one of their starting safeties. Now, we did hear from Deshaun Watson this morning before practice, and so uh, we were talking before we left the facility. Let's just go through the Deshaun transcript and talk about some of the most interesting parts. So uh, I'm not going to read every question and I'm not going to read every word of every answer because obviously I don't think people want to just sit and hear me read, but I will kind of get the relevant parts here as, and I'm just scrolling through the transcript um, that we did as a, as a group of reporters. Um, so some of these have full questions. Some of them are kind of the gist of the question, but these are the, the things that I think are the most interesting as we move along. So the first question we're going to do is talking about the offense in general, the most important thing you and the offense have done to Sean's answer. I think the biggest thing is just keep adding on, keep taking a step each and every day because we know we're not all the way there yet. And we shouldn't be. There's a lot of different small details of the offense that we want to continue to work on with different looks especially with a good Philly defense, a good Washington defense, and then with our own defense. So they're seeing three different schemes is the point he was making going against Kansas City, four if you want to count the Jets. Uh, Mary Kay, this is, you know, we've talked about this offense, how it's going to look different. We got a little glimpse of it against Washington. We'll see a little bit more of it on Saturday against the Chiefs. Today, while we were watching practice, we saw some wrinkles. Uh, we saw some direct snaps. Nick Chubb took a snap and ran an option with Deshaun Watson at running back. Like, there's some things that, I mean, there's things we might not see till week 17, you know, week 16 or 17, if we're being honest, right? So this offense is still a work in progress, but it is sort of interesting to think about all the different things they can do. Yeah, they're going to be multiple. They're going to be versatile. I think they're going to be really creative. The thing uh, that that I keep thinking about, though, is how quickly is it all going to come together? Uh, you know, one of the things they haven't had so far is their backup quarterback. I mean, their backup running back. So how is that going to work? with uh with Nick Chubb and dividing up those reps with Nick. I mean, is he going to have to play, you know, first, second and third down? Um uh, you know, 
throughout, you know, when the Bengals come to town on September 10th. I mean, that that would probably be uh, a lot for Nick to have to do that. But there's going to be so much more passing, I think, this year that, uh, you know, the running probably won't be quite what it was. So maybe, you know, the workload won't be too much. But with Jerome Ford roaming the sidelines with a hamstring injury, I keep thinking about that. And then um, everything's new. I mean, like Deshaun told us in um, – at the off-season program, everything is new. And when everything is new, I do think that sometimes it takes a while to figure out, uh, you know, who's going to do what in what situation, who is going to rise to the occasion in the end zone, in the red zone, uh, who's going to play on third down, and, you know, how is the offensive line going to block when he starts taking off running? Uh, So I just think it's just going to take a little time maybe for it to look like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, so... um... Ashley, when you look at this offense and they're going to be going against Cincinnati here, I mean, it's it's coming up fast. It's August 23rd right now. Uh, September 10th is right around the corner. Uh, look, you can go to Miami and do all the throwing you want. You can go on trips together and do all the three. You can run all the sevens and seven on seven, 11 on 11 team stuff and camp. But it's not the same as going against a real opponent who wants to beat you in a real game. So. Um, th- there could be some hiccups with this offense early on, especially going against those AFC North defenses they're going to face. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Like the the whole division opponents, all of your division opponents in your first four games before your early bye week. I mean, we've been talking about that stretch since the schedule release came out. And hey, then let's throw Mike Rabel coming back home into the mix there too with those with the Titans coming to town in the middle of those three division games like and we keep harping on this and like I know people maybe get bored of like the schedule game talk but with this team this year I mean like in my recent memory this is like the most it's mattered because of those division games because of how tough these AFC North defenses always are even if a team is having a quote-unquote bad year like the Steelers in 2021 for example that was still a really good defense that they had to go against that uh, second to last game of the year that season so it's just, it's a tall order. Like they they don't have much room for error. And I think like we've, we've tried to get at these guys uh, in different ways with that because it's the truth. I think like a lot of the perception around Deshaun Watson, fair or unfair, is going to hinge on how he does in those first four games because three of them are division games. Yeah, as Ashley was saying that, Mary Kay, like you're putting in this new look offense and guess what? You get to face Lou Anarumo, Mike Tomlin, Mike Vrabel, uh, a Ravens defense that we know always is stout and can generate pass rush and has a good secondary. We don't know what Marlon Humphrey's status is going to be, but uh, I mean, just uh, even before the Ravens game, you're facing three, three of the best defensive coaches in football. Yeah. And, and, you know, they are going to be loaded for bear. When you talk about the Ravens uh, yeah, we don't know about Marlon Humphrey, but we do know they just signed Jadavian Clowney and he's going to have a little bit of extra uh, for the Cleveland Browns. We know exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to bring to the table in terms of TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. And those guys are always, always tough and always stout. And they're going to be, you know, they, they know that, that the Browns and that Deshaun Watson, that they feel like they are poised to be able to go out and and seize this AFC North. And I think the Steelers are going to try to have something to say about that. Um, you know, I, 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 and it's at their place. And of course, you know, the uh, Baltimore Ravens are going to want to have something to say about that. And we know how good the Bengals are, even though, um, you know, we're not 100% certain that Joe Burrow will be 
starting. We think he's going to start the game and we think he should be pretty much himself. So it's just a tough way to get started. And, um, you know, you really have to have your ducks in a row. You have to have your act together. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure they will. They'll come up with a game plan that they feel really super comfortable with. And, you know, they've been pretty healthy for the most part. But, you know, I still think just the whole operation of, and, and think about this. I mean, Deshaun has not played much. He has had not had much live action with this particular group of players. And even if he starts in Kansas City, that's only another 20 plays or so, maybe 25 uh, added onto the 10 or whatever that he had. That's not a whole lot of preseason action, not a, live, a lot of live action to figure out who's going to stay relevant for you on the scramble drills and all those things that have to come. Okay, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. We're going to skip over a Philly question because there's another Philly question I want to get to later. So we're going to skip ahead to uh, this kind of goes along with what we've been talking about. Uh, The question is something along the lines of you said you're not quite where you want to be yet and you shouldn't be at this point. So the question is, how much longer will it take to do that? And if so, when you think this offense will be 100 percent and Deshaun's answer I feel like this offense, I mean, it's hard to say that you'll be 100% in the NFL because every week is evolving. You've got to add new pieces, new wrinkles, go against new defensive schemes. There's ups and downs. So I'm not going to sit up here and tell you guys or give you a timeline where we'll be 100%. I'm not sure whether this offense will be 100%. Okay, so the gist of this is when will the offense sort of be, you know, he's kind of saying it might never be 100% because it's the NFL and that's hard, but when will this offense be 100%? So I'm going to ask this question off of his answer. Mary Kay, when is a reasonable expectation to believe this offense is pretty close to its final form, at least what it's going to be this season? Well, again, unfortunately for them, uh, they don't have the luxury of time on their side and they, um, you know, they're not going to be in midseason form when they meet those AFC North foes. They're just not going to be. So um, I would have to say maybe somewhere around midseason um, that, you know, they might be starting to hit their stride and uh, and they, um, you know, they might be. Uh, you know, you want to be playing your best ball in really in November and December. And, um, you know, again, in the past, they used to backload those AFC North games. So that by the time you were hitting your stride, you could go out there and, you know, play your best ball against the Baltimore Ravens and, and whatnot. Um, but I would say maybe somewhere around midseason is when Deshaun is going to know who his favorite targets are, who answers the bell for him. And just who he has that natural chemistry with. And I think that's so vitally important. It looks so far like he's going to have it with Elijah Moore. We know he pretty much has it with, you know, he has some with uh, with Donovan Peoples-Jones. He, he has some with Amari Cooper. Um, but in order to get the whole operation working together, I would have to say it's probably going to take till about midseason until they really feel like they're humming along. So I just pulled up the Browns schedule to kind of get an idea here. And what I forgot to mention in that last answer, when we look at the first part of their schedule. So after they play the Ravens in week four, guess who they get to play in week five? Nick Bosa and the San Francisco 49ers. And of course, uh, you know, look, they have a new defensive coordinator. It's our old buddy, Steve Wilkes, but that's still a really talented defense. Um, That's defense is still that team's bread and butter. So, 
Um, it really doesn't lighten up for them. And, you know, they get the Colts after that, the Seahawks and the Cardinals. So maybe those three games, October 22nd, 29th, and November 5th, they can maybe start to find something before they get back into the division. But um, Ashley, I mean, you know, Mary Kay made the key point. You want to start peaking towards the end of the year anyway. So I think if you get to the end of October and you feel kind of good about where you're at, then you can really start to, to kind of build a little bit off of that. So we're probably talking six to eight weeks. Is that reasonable? I think so. Like, I mean, I'm fully going into this season expecting this to not look perfect right away. Like, just because it does take more reps at, like, game speed and full game speed reps. You know, like, I just always think a lot back to um, Deshaun's first game back last year after the suspension in Houston. And, like, one of the things that got analyzed and analyzed and analyzed again in that game and how he looked and how, you know, he didn't look as good as some people had hoped he would look and like a lot of it was even just like based on his footwork wasn't as sharp and that was causing him to sail some throws and um just not be on target with those and it like made sense when you thought about it because he hadn't been hitting so long right so like it's not the same thing this year but you're still talking about a guy who hasn't played a full season since 2020 they've overhauled their pass catching for like for the better but I still think again like that that takes some time to get used to those guys, even though we've seen him obviously gel really well within Elijah Moore. But like, you know, we've talked about all the time, like injuries happen, like what happens if they're going to have to keep rotating guys in and out. Um, and and I think so much of it when it's predicated on what he does in scramble drill situations, you just need to see that more in actual game situations. So I think midway through the season is reasonable. Like, I don't think it's necessarily a reason to panic. Like if it doesn't look super sharp in those first four games, but I will say like the early buy again, I think just it, it does not work in their favor for those reasons because it doesn't really give you a chance late enough in the season to regroup. I'm so disappointed in this early buy. Just selfishly. Just so disappointed. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Another offense question. This was an interesting one. Um, so he did a sideline interview during the preseason game against the Eagles. Um, and he kind of you know, he pointed to the shifting of the offense from being focused on Nick Chubb to being focused on him. Look, the guy's guaranteed $230 million over five years. The offense is going to be focused around Deshaun Watson. So here was his answer um, when someone asked him, when you did that interview during the game, you talked about taking some of the wear and tear off Nick Chubb. Do you feel like now with more of the onus on you, you have ownership of this offense? His response, most definitely. AVP and Kevin gave me the keys, and they're letting me control a lot of things that we do on the field, along with them play calling in the headset and being able to see things that I can check out too. But that comes over time. Uh, Mary Kay, Kevin said something interesting, I think it was today, um, he mentioned how Deshaun sort of has the best seat in the house for the offense when he's, you know, behind the center. Um, they are really going to entrust a lot in Deshaun Watson. Again, something we've talked about on this pod before. No huddle. Uh, letting Deshaun kind of dictate some things to the line of scrimmage. They're finally able to do that. They weren't able to do that as much last year. Deshaun is making $230 million over five years. This is his offense. They're going to hand him the keys. And that's something we're going to see a lot of this year. Yeah. I mean, he asked for it. Um, I think, you know, at the end of the season, when he said, 
you know, Kevin and I are going to have, uh, you know, a, a, a man-to-man talk or, or whatever he said. It was something like that about, um, you know, how how things could be different. And I think that was probably the number one thing was that Deshaun wanted more authority. He wanted more autonomy, which is the natural progression for a quarterback when you are in an offense in its in the second season of an offense. Um, you know, that normally you would, you know, take on more responsibility like that. But Deshaun is just one of those, you know, playmaker, improvisational type quarterbacks. And he's got the football acumen, you know, to go out there and kind of do his thing. So they will run more up-tempo, more no-huddle, more, um, you know, RPOs and different things where he can dictate, where he can, uh, you know, change the you know, the motions or slide the protections or do any of those kinds of things where he is in control of what is happening on the field. Um, to a degree, he's going to listen to those guys in the headset. They're going to call the plays and then he's going to improvise and do whatever he sees fit. He'll audible at the line of scrimmage. He'll decide whether he's going to keep it or he's going to throw it or Nick's going to run it or whatever the case may be. He's going to be running the show out there. And that's been the theme of the off season. That is the number one takeaway about what's different for Deshaun. Deshaun is in charge. I've been harping on it, harping, harping, harping on it all offseason long. That's what's going on here. That's what you see Patrick Mahomes do. Pat's out there just kind of putting on a show as well as running the show. And that's what Deshaun now wants to do. He wants to show, I've got this, put it on me. Ashley, you've never seen the show. I'm in the middle of a rewatch of it, but I know this is a line that we use a lot on this pod. Follow the money follow the money with the Browns. And it's, you know, again, this isn't to harp on the Deshaun contract, but that's the reality. When you trade these this many picks and you give a guy the biggest guaranteed contract in history, you're not doing it so he can hand the ball off 25 times and, and not have any say in the offense. Right. I mean, it is it is going to look different, I think, than what it's looked like last year. Because, you know, for years when we said follow the money, especially in 2021, we were always referring to, yeah, what they paid Nick Chubb. And then, oh, you extend Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio, who happen to be two of the best pulling guards in the NFL. Like, they, when you followed the money back then, like, this really was built to run the football really effectively. Um, and I do think, like, it is, it is going to be interesting. Like, I really am curious how this part of it plays out. You know, I think Nick is as drama-free as they come, but it is going to look different. And I'm, I'm curious how fans react to that. Like if fans are still, you know, it's been such a common theme over these last couple of years, especially as they've struggled that people just want to see Nick Chubb get 20 to 25 carries a game. And, and we don't need to go down the road of why that isn't always feasible and, and then managing his longevity and everything. But it, it was interesting. Like, I mean, I, t- I talked about it. I thought in that in-game interview, like that answer was really interesting. And, and I definitely agree. Like it shows him taking, this ownership that Mary Kay's been talking about and everything um, for him to, to say it that strongly, I think. And I think that's what you need from a quarterback in the modern day NFL too. By the way, I was talking about the wire. I didn't mention that when I made that reference, I just watched season three, episode 11, which if you've seen the show, you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, let's take a break. There's two other big questions that I want to get to here uh, from the Deshaun Watson transcript as he spoke on Wednesday at Brown's practice. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. 
You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And back on the Orange Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock. So, uh, the question that really kind of stood out, a couple questions that stood out to me was um, quarterback rankings. And, of course, Deshaun has sort of fallen off a little bit in the quarterback rankings, and he was asked if he pays attention to things like that. In a week when he's going to play against Patrick Mahomes, they're both slated to play in this game. Andy Reid indicated his starters would play as well for a little while. So um, Deshaun is not getting mentioned a lot in rankings. So he was asked about that, if he focuses on those, if he pays attention to those. He said, not at all. I stay focused on what I got to do and control what I can control. The rankings, there's always rankings each and every year. So at the end of the day, you can't focus on that because that ranking is always changing. And for me, I missed two years of football. So I shouldn't be in those rankings, to be honest, um, which I thought was a I thought that was a good answer by him to, to kind of, you know, not push back to just sort of admit I haven't been out there. So how can I be ranked? But Mary Kay, that being said, I am sure somewhere in the back of Deshaun Watson's mind, he is thinking about it's, it's maybe not, I don't know if it's driving him. I don't know, but I'm sure he wants to be mentioned in the same sentence as Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. He did answer some questions about the AFC North quarterbacks too. He's got to want to be back in that discussion regularly again. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And when we did our 23 questions for 23, um, one of the questions that I answered and, and analyzed was how will Deshaun Watson handle the snub, the national snub that's going on this off season. And I think he's going to handle it the exact same way that he handled the draft snub. Okay. Uh, he knew back then that he was a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. He probably felt back then, I'm sure, that he was a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and here he was getting traded away from by the Cleveland Browns at number 12. They traded down with the Houston Texans at 25 and let the Texans go sit there and grab Deshaun Watson. He used that as fuel. He used that as motivation. And I think he's probably using this as well. These quarterbacks, they have to use everything that they can come up with. It's such a tough job, as he was talking about today. Uh, they, they really have to use anything that they can, they can find. And if somebody's going to hand you a snub, you are going to milk it for all it's worth. So I think he's probably in that camp. Yeah, again, I mean, these guys can't help it. They're they're competitive. They, you know, they and and look, he believes he belongs in that in that discussion. He's uh, even though he, I thought he answered this question well. You can tell that he believes he can be that guy again that he was in 2020, and that's sort of the the thing here. That's why he ended up here for as much as he did. Like he was right on the cusp of being like, hey, here's Mahomes, here's Allen, here's Burrow, here's. Deshaun Watson. And since then, he's watched Patrick Mahomes go and win Super Bowls and, and kind of do the things he wants to do. Ashley, that's got to be difficult. right? And a lot of it was his own making, but that's got to be difficult for him to sort of have fallen off the national cliff like that. I think so. And I think it's really good that he's not at least outwardly showing how difficult that's been for him. Like every time he talks about it and he, you know, I think even last year, like the alluding to uh, the fact that he thinks he can make some of those like kind of crazy plays and trick plays that you see Patrick Mahomes make. 
Um, and then his answer today, I thought was really good. I thought it was one of his best answers, I think, in the press conference. And I know he's, he's talked about this before to some extent, too. Uh, but I do just think like these guys, if you want to be in the upper echelon of, of any professional sports league, right? Like I think about going back to like the last dance and and Michael Jordan and those guys talking about that. He would just make beefs up in his head with people that like just truly did not exist because it was what drove him. Um, and I think that is kind of a universal thing, like maybe not that excessive, obviously, right? Because it's Michael Jordan. But I think like a lot of these guys are very good um, at mastering the using those kind of things as motivation. I think where it becomes detrimental is when you're focusing too much on that outside stuff or on social media or criticism. Um, and then it, it starts playing with your head a little bit. So I think as long as it's not doing that and you are using it for a positive, like it's great to hold on to that, but I love him not coming out there and essentially like whining or something that he's not in the top ranks. I really like that answer today. And here's the other part of it, too, that is in the back of his mind, too, Mary Kay, I'm sure, is we judge quarterbacks, obviously, on their performance on the field, but more so than any position, we judge them on winning, right? Like Patrick Mahomes is far and away. Nobody nobody out there is making the case Mahomes is not the best quarterback in the league, and a part of that is because he just won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, with Josh Allen, I I think reasonably most people still believe Josh Allen is a top five quarterback. He's in that discussion for top two or three, but it comes with that, but right. It comes with that asterisk of, but he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. And if Joe Burrow, if the Bengals keep coming up short, Joe Burrow is going to have to carry that. Lamar has had to carry that a little bit. Like, you know, Jalen hurts. He's, he's got, there's a lot of guys trying to win a Super Bowl. If, now that I'm reading off this list, but I think Deshaun understands the weight of you can't just put up numbers. You got to win. Like that's how we judge quarterbacks. That's how you become Patrick Mahomes or these great quarterbacks. Yeah. And the thing about all, so many of those guys that you just mentioned, Dan, uh, is the fact that they all have to get past Patrick and that's going to be so hard for them in their careers. It's like getting past Tom Brady. It's really, really hard. It's the occupational hazard of these quarterbacks in the AFC right now that they landed here at a time when uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are making magic together. And, you know, it, you know, as long as they keep adding uh, to that chief's, offense the way that they have the way that they did last year and as long as they keep uh, and they remain stout on defense then Pat can probably keep this going for a while and it's going to be hard to get past him yeah there was a part of me that when I was reading through these answers like this is all great but are we just entering an era where Mahomes is going to win like four Super Bowls in a row I mean look even Tom Brady had stretches where he didn't win so there's there could be opportunities but uh, okay last one here this comes from the criticism that he faced after the Eagles practices and of course he quote tweeted uh, an Eagles reporter uh, who put his stats out there and he was asked about the scrutiny that he got over those practices especially the second one when he threw two interceptions and a third that uh, there was the DB did not come down inbounds he says I don't get too involved in that the response on Twitter wasn't about the stats or anything like that. It's about knowing the situations and some of the situations, the media, you guys, no offense, but you guys just don't know what we're working on. Mary Kay, this is something you've been hitting on a lot over the last couple of days, including in our video. You can find our video on our YouTube channel, search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com. Um, to Sean, look, I, yes, he's right. They are working on things. This is practice. They're practicing things. 
On the other hand, he did throw those two interceptions. It didn't look great. The passing game hasn't always looked sharp. I, there's probably a middle ground here where, yeah, you were working on things, but also a couple of times I wish it looked a little better. Yeah, I mean, you never really want to throw interceptions in practice. You don't want to do that. It's a bad look. Again, this was the, one of the best defenses in the NFL, number two overall last year, and the number one pass defense in the NFL. You've got uh, some of the best cornerbacks Back there, you've got uh, the best pass rush in the NFL that led the league with 70 sacks. It's mind-blowing. The Browns had fewer than half of that at 34. Um, so, you know, this was a really, really good defense. Um, so you're right. I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. Yes, you were working on on different things. They wanted to see what quarterback runs were going to look like against a front like this. Uh, but still, when you do release the football, you don't want it to end up in the hands of the other football team. You want it to end up in the hands, of course, of your guy. And uh, and there were too many times in that practice where it, it did not. And it's okay for people to notice that, to mention it, to talk about it. It's the Eagles. It's not, you know, there's no shame in, uh, you know, having a little bit of an uneven practice against the Eagles. But again, I understand where he's coming from. I do agree with you, though. I think it's a little bit of both. I'm always torn when, when athletes push back on social media, Ashley, because a part of me is like, okay, you know, just put your phone down and don't worry about it. But then, you know, the other piece of it is they do, they do have a right to respond, I guess, right? Like it's their own social media. If they want to respond, they have that right. So I'm always torn about that. But again, I, I think Deshaun's point, um, there, there's room in the middle for both sides to kind of be right here. I think so. And this is very boring podcast. I mean, discussion when we all agree. Right, I guess, we're supposed but... to like yell and argue about this. <laughs> but no, so like to kind of go back to what I was talking about earlier, though, where like I thought he handled it well. And like, it seems like he's not letting it get to a negative place. Like before we heard from him today, because of that, I was like, is he spending a little bit too much time on social media? Maybe like just having, you know, sharing a post by somebody who doesn't even cover the team, like who's obviously a respected reporter in Philly. Um, they're not going to be around all the time. Like it, it just was like an interesting thing, I think, in my mind to focus on. And I'm like, I don't really know if you need to go this far, but like I do get this whole idea of, hey, look, like you don't know every situation that is going on uh, in each of those practices. And and I think that uh, is so much of what practice is for anyways, like to try things. And, and we talk about that and like how Patrick Mahomes uses practice yesterday. Um, I definitely think like that is an element to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was good, I think, to hear from him today. And it seemed like that criticism was maybe not getting to him because when we didn't hear from him and all we saw is the tweet, like that was maybe the, the way my mind was headed of, is he paying too much attention to this stuff right now at, at maybe a not so good time to do that? Okay, there we go. Uh, the Deshaun Watson transcript. We go through it here on a Wednesday on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I told you about the YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com to find that. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, just search Orange and Brown Talk. Little by little, we're getting more and more followers there. So uh, give us a follow on Instagram. Again, search Orange and Brown Talk. And then also become a Football Insider subscriber. Cleveland.com slash Browns. The blue banner on the top of the page to get the newsletter, texting, and access to those stories on Cleveland.com that are behind the paywall. Uh, for Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody.